Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> this is your girl of the gods, aka J Money, BKA Juicy J. At some point, um, I'm probably gonna change my introduction, <laughs> uh, or maybe not. Who knows? But this is me. Um, it has been a long time since I have published an episode, and I'm sure many of my listeners are knitting, as we would say here, in the Virgin Islands. Um, and I just want to quickly apologize for this scarcity of my product at this time. But as many of you know, I am a PhD candidate and I am in the throes of research and data collection and writing. I've begun to write officially and it is this very intense and um, demanding experience that is forcing me to put together these thoughts and ideas that I have been mulling over in my mind um, together in like this coherent and cohesive narrative and it's so interesting to see what sorts of information I've gathered is fitting in with other information I've learned and gathered as well and the kind of story that I thought I would tell one that was mostly chronological and kind of shifting from historical to contemporary is in fact evolving into something much different than that and so writing is such a fascinating process and for all of my writers out there i just want to encourage you and tell you to do it to keep doing it even and especially especially when you don't want to do it just do it just do it you know you will be much more happier at peace content and proud of yourself and with yourself, you know? I think one thing that I have learned from trying to be um, serial faster is that the more we abstain from certain things and the more we push ourselves into places of discomfort, the more we actually end up building discipline, right? I think fasting is such a fascinating and productive and constructive effort because of how it forces us into discipline, right? It helps really massage our instincts to settle. Um, it, it like, it really works it out. It works out the kinks of our, of our uh, predilections that call us to just do the bare minimum and be done you know when you continually set aside time for certain things and you are intentional about how you show up in spaces or how you spend time or what you eat or don't eat what you do while you stay away from certain activities and and processes you really build this incredible skill and this incredible quality around discipline and discipline in fasting funny enough has helped me to develop the discipline that I need in writing 
And I'm very grateful that I have convinced myself um, to go on another fast that I did that recently. And, and that I really, when I really, let me tell you, really wasn't trying to do that. It was such a hard time to set aside five days of not eating until like late in the afternoon and not drinking or smoking or doing anything alongside it. And just like not being in certain spaces and places and holding certain types of conversation with people like and and like still making time to really seek the word and read and and watch in like things that will be inspiring and uplifting to me, you know, to really deep dig deep into devotion while also trying to like do my work was not easy it wasn't but i think it's part of the sacrifice that has really helped me to hone in on my on my ability to just do it you know so do it do your writing man and for those of you who have any interest in fasting who might have been considering doing some kind of spiritual retreat and want to uplift yourself in one way or another and create some kind of new environment for your atmosphere, for your home, for your space, for your family, for yourself. If you are in a place where you feel like you're in a rut and you want to come out of it and you want some kind of breakthrough, I highly recommend setting aside time to seek yourself, to seek God, to reflect on the things that you've done and the kind of person that you've been and the kind of person that you would like to be and the kinds of things you would like to accomplish. When you set aside time to nurture your soul and your spirit, you give your humanly body the space, the opportunity, the environment that it needs to really grow and to be good to you, to show up for you right and so i just want to leave you all with this that word you know that was not my plan as a part of this introduction but i just feel really impressed to share that that if you need it like take it take that time make it work and i think that there is so i i'm telling you like i don't think i know that there is something so supreme and magical really about doing a thing even when you don't want to do it right when you do it in the spirit of intentionality and just dedication and commitment you're like look i'm doing this i don't really feel like it but i know that i need to do it and i know that the 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 outcome the outcome on the end of this is going to be what i really want and so for the long haul i'm gonna do this in the short term and when you think like that when you give yourself room to 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 like be in a different place right to not live just in an instantaneous instantly gratifying kind of context you open up these doors for yourself that you didn't even know were possible, that you didn't even know exist. And you begin to think of the world and its challenges in new, new and improved ways. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. Fasting and meditation, devotion, it's the business. It's the business. We cannot live in this world 
and thrive with these physical bodies if we do not take care of our spiritual selves. And that's just that. Um, and, and in you know, in the spirit of like devoting and dedicating, I really kind of wanted to just talk about um, very briefly, and this is probably gonna be one of the shortest uh, episodes I create, um, partially because of the subject matter and also because of the fact that I am on um, time constraints and I just want to make sure that I share some tidbits and that my voice is an inspiration to you all who find it so um, and that I give you something, you know, rather than nothing for this month of February that is almost gone. So in the spirit of dedication and of discipline, I um, wanted to talk about what it means to show up and be kind and loving even when the people around us may not deserve it or when we feel like they don't deserve it. Because really, what is deserving this, right? Like, there are so many times I've found where I have probably (sighs) defiled expectations set And not defy, but defiled them. (laughs) People might have had high expectations for me. And I really ruined those expectations and probably came way beneath. And did a disservice to the kind of higher self I I knew I had. And people could see that I had by just choosing to really engage and settle in my lower self. And, And yet still, folks found me deserving of worthy of love right and there are times when people will do things to us they will aggravate our spirits they will be unkind they will be unhealthy they will probably be toxic as hell they will you know be folks that are so equipped to irritate the living hell out of us And still yet, they deserve our kindness. And kindness is so interesting because I don't know that we really know what it means. You know, I think that in a world that is so preoccupied, our society rather, that is so preoccupied with being right and shaming those who are wrong, and canceling them as soon and as quickly as humanly possible for being wrong, it is a very obscure notion and idea that we can be kind to people while we also seek to reprimand them for the ways that they may show up um, to hurt us, right? And those two things do not have to be mutually exclusive, I am learning that sometimes people will really um, be no good for us, right? That they will cause pain and, and they will cause hurt that just does not need to be reinscribed every time we engage them, right? Um, and there is this very sweet spot, a kind of nuanced type of interaction that we can have with folks I'm learning um, that 
can honor the fact that we don't want to or need to be in community with people who are not ready to heal, not ready to learn, not ready to show up differently and more and in more healthy ways while still respecting them as human beings, but also showing the best side of who we are to them while they're still figuring out how to kill the worst sides of themselves, right? And I think that's the key. I've, oftentimes, I believe that we, we think about people being good as um, something that really happens within a silo, right? As work that is much more independent and independently driven than it actually is. Think about it. How can someone who is struggling with selfishness, for example, become an unselfish or selfless person without some kind of model example for what selflessness, in fact, looks like? And if someone who is hurt by some this person in questions selfishness is unable to demonstrate what it looks like to be selfless then the expectation that person will change from their selfish ways is really just null and void right because where through what means and exactly how do we expect people to learn the kinds of habits that we find to be much more healthier than the ones they currently have and hold and I think that in this environment where people are so gung-ho on proving their morally righteous high ground there seems to be a preoccupation with being right in a way that really I think distorts what it means to be kind. Right? Like and and I think that is because ego drives a lot of how we interact with one another. Pride. You know, pride would have us to say I am better than you because I know how to do A, B and C and that I And I have understood how to show up in X, Y, and Z situations. And you've yet to arrive there. And so shame on you for not being there yet. And like, get it together. Because I cannot be in company with someone who isn't there yet. Right? And that really doesn't help anyone. But an alternative approach. One that I think is really steeped in this ethics of kindness shows us that or rather demonstrates it illustrates that when you are patient and sweet with people when you do for people what you know they're incapable of doing for you and to you i like to propose that what we in fact are doing are tilling a soil right we are tilling a ground a fertile ground that allows the seed 
of all those righteous qualities and characters that we've come to identify for ourselves as true and important and honorable to be developed, to be planted on behalf of those individuals who have yet to have those qualities, right? By our very demonstration of kindness, by being to others what they are incapable of being to themselves and even to us, we are literally giving them a garden bed upon which to grow. We give them a kind of watering, sunshine, light, necessary to sprout up into the kind of people, the kind of human beings that we would all like to see more of on this earth. Kindness goes a very long way. There is a trickle effect. When we do to people what we really would have them to do to us, we are sending into the world this message that love and sweetness and kindness and patience is something they're all things that everyone is deserving of everyone deserves to be loved right and if our deservingness of love was really hinged upon our capacity to love like Ain't nobody would be loved. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We would all be walking around here empty and loveless because there is so much pain, so much trauma, and so much hurt in the world. And there's so many people who still and have and will continue to struggle with loving. But if it were not for the folks who saw them who saw who they could be, even through their trauma, their pain, their toxicity, those folks would never have the blessing of being able to love themselves, right? Like, we are not perfect. And I say this often, but I really have to keep emphasizing because I see so often how we move in a world where... It's always like tit for tat, you know, like you do for me and then I do for you. And if you can't do for me, then like, I'm not really going to do for you. And if you're just like not all of the things that I need you to be to make me feel confident or secure, then like I just won't be in relationship or community with you. And that's super unfair because I'm sure that someone else may have very similar sentiments about us those of us who are prone and predisposed to judging people for not being where we think they ought to be. You know, there are probably people out there who find us to be exceedingly difficult and just a pain, an utter pain in the ass. And still yet, they see that we are worthy of love, adoration, affection, and kindness. That we deserve to see models of what it means to be good. And I have very personal experience with this, you know. Um, I remember when I just started teaching, 
in Missouri, I um, had been really struggling with the notion of friendship and kind of what were the limitations, boundaries, and even like the definition of friendship that I had once like believed in and had understood and kind of what I wanted to be the reality moving forward for me after having been seriously hurt and disappointed by some friends in my life. And that caused me to like really um, show up in, you know, just like unhealthy ways. I didn't fully know what it looked like to be a good friend because I just did not have any good models of that, at least any good recent models. And more importantly, I had just been hurt, right? When you're hurt, like you really hurt, especially um, if it's a deep hurt, you, you hurt and then that hurt can be contagious and you can really just redirect that hurt onto other people around you unintentionally. And I had the blessing and fortune of living in a house with three women who um, were just amazing. And a couple years later, I learned that one of the women um, in the house, like upon just like getting to know me and just like hearing many of the arguments I probably had at like four day morning with these like old friends of mine um, had said to the other girls like you know Jessica doesn't really have good friends and we're gonna have to like show her what it means to be a good friend. Like, it's obvious that, like, she doesn't really know what it means to be loved by her friends and to have healthy friendships, and we're going to have to do the work to show her what that looks like. And, like, I'm sure I am, you know, like, not quoting the entirety of that statement um correctly or accurately accurately rather but like I remember bawling when I learned this because it was so true you know like I had the fortune of living with women who could see that I was yearning for something that I had needed to feel loved and to feel appreciated and protected and cared for because those were things I were I was lacking tremendously at the time and it was showing up in ways that I didn't even recognize and rather than say like you know Jessica is a hot mess and which she probably said at some point <laughs> or like she's a pain in the ass and and like I can't and this is stupid and nobody has time for this get over your shit um they were literally like 
she's hurting, it is evident, and we need to show up for her. Because she deserves to see what a good, solid representation of friendship is. Right? Like, imagine, imagine where I probably would have been at in my social, emotional development and progress towards healing had it not been for the love of these friends, right? Had it not been for these women's decision to love me in spite of my pain, my difficulty, my trauma, and perhaps toxicity too. Imagine right but they were all in this place where they recognized that they had something that they could share with me that they knew I did not have and by virtue of showing up and loving me even when I did not know how to accept that love even when I didn't understand what that love looked like or could look like they planted a seed in my soul That has been watered and nourished ever since. Because good friendship does that for you. A determined love does that for you. When we are committed to seeing people be made whole it means that we are committed to showing up kindly to them in the midst of their brokenness as they are broken. As they are broken. And I am so grateful. I am so grateful for people taking a chance on me, for people showing me what it means to love and be loved because now in turn I can practice that I can show up I can love people I can demonstrate the kindness that rejuvenates that empowers that revives and, you know, this really is like a reminder. It's a reminder to myself and hopefully encouragement and a reminder to you all who are listening that the way that we show up to people um, doesn't always have to be um, exacting. In fact, it can't be. Because when we are exacting with the way that we show up, the way that we love, the way that we respond and care to people, we are really cutting out our opportunities to receive that excess love, right? That excess love that helps us become whole. If we were to be exacting with everyone and everyone were to be exacting with everyone else, ain't nobody here would get what it is that would make them who they should be. We'd be hurt. We'd be broken. We'd be unfulfilled. We would be empty. We would be empty, distraught, and 
desolate. And so I encourage us this day to hone in to the spirit of discipline and be kind even when you don't feel like it. Because that kindness, that modicum of kindness really does have the potential of changing the world.